Hey, welcome to BIV Today. I am reporter Tyler Orton. And look, I think we all know it. Ever since the BC film sector relaunched in earnest last summer, it's been one of the biggest performers here in the economy on the West Coast. But how exactly does a production get off the ground and start shooting amid the pandemic? Joining us today to lend some insights, it is producer Dylan Collingwood. He's CEO of Tilt9 Entertainment here in Vancouver. Dylan, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. So you have a new movie. It's filming right now here in the city. It is called Corner Office. It features some very notable names. Tell me a little bit about this project and how it got off the ground. Um, well, every project we think takes about five years to get made in the end. It seems like it's always a, a constant up and down. So with this particular project, uh, we were financed to do a completely other movie that uh, fell apart due to scheduling with the lead. And so there we were sitting in Los Angeles with a big chunk of money. <laughs> and so we started calling people and said, I mean, big chunk is relative in the film business, but uh, we started calling people and saying, hey, have any scripts that are great that we can make, um, you know, up in Vancouver, we have this fun, we need to spend it before the end of the calendar year, can you help? So Corner Office is one of the ones that came to us. Um, my partners, Matt Clark, David Milchard, and Rob Mitchell all read it and were like, this is a great script, this is wonderful, let's try and figure this out. Uh, then the other movie resurfaced, so we shifted back for a little bit, then it went down because of the pandemic. And then once the pandemic started and everything was shut down, uh, we were like, okay, well, what's a movie that we can make? How do you make a movie during the pandemic and what's the right movie to make? So Corner Office being a movie that takes place primarily in one location, we're shooting 22 days and uh, 17 of those are in one location where we are right now. So we're like, okay, so that might make sense because we can limit crew. Uh, we can limit uh, movement, we can limit outside exposure. So we decided corner office is the one that made sense. Uh, then we proceeded to have to raise the money again because we didn't have it at that point. So that was its own uh, <laughs> fun. Uh, and then we managed to get it up and going. A little bit of a roller coaster as every movie is. And then, uh, you know, just in regards to shooting it in the pandemic, uh, it made it difficult because everyone we brought up, we had to quarantine. So our you know, lead actors are John Hamm and Danny Pudi. We had to bring them up, uh, quarantine them for two weeks. So uh, getting actors to want to do that is, is tough. Danny has a family, he brought his family with him. Uh, but lucky for us, the script is just pretty fantastic. So they loved it, they were willing to do that. Uh, then our director was in Copenhagen. So bringing him in was difficult and he had to quarantine for two weeks. Um, our director of photography is from Poland. That was also very challenging. Uh, so we had to bring him in, quarantine him for two weeks. So it really um, reduced our amount of prep. Usually we have, you know, four, six, eight weeks of prep uh, with all the keys on the ground. In this case, we had the director for three weeks and our cinematographer for two. So it was definitely uh, a hustle. Um, so what is it like a, a lot of virtual zoom rehearsals like uh, while people are quarantining um lots of zoom like kind of location hunting and it's yeah. difficult to choose a location without having your director be able to walk in and just you know feel what it is um so uh, there was a lot of zooming a lot of pictures a lot of talks 
but still, you know, until we had him on the ground, everyone, the art department, you know, the, 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 the grips, the electrics, everyone's just kind of waiting to figure out what it is we need to do. So there was a lot of great people working really hard in a short period of time to get this up and going. We've been very lucky. Then add uh, COVID on top. <laughs> so right. we're, uh, we're testing everyone twice a week. Uh, everyone's, you know, wearing all their PPE, uh, double masks, face screens, the whole works. We have a, a COVID uh, compliance officer on set whose job is basically to walk around and say, you're standing too close, move away, you know, make sure you have your mask on. Uh, cleaning company that is in here uh, basically the entire time we are. So 14 hours a day, we have people going around cleaning all the high touch uh, areas. So it's, and then on the weekends, we do a full spray uh, before we come back the following week. Okay. It's intense, <laughs> but, but you know, does just, that add to kind of the budget considerations as well when uh, you're thinking of all these new safety measures? Extremely. Uh, the tests are, in, and, and we're, we're a low budget film. I mean, we're not, uh, we're private, privately funded uh, by equity investors here in Canada. We don't have a studio behind us. Uh, we don't have a network behind us. So it, it's not like we can afford to have anyone get sick. It's not like we can afford to cover a, a delay, a push, you know, John Hamm is shooting 22 of our 22 days. He's literally in every single scene. So we can't run late. So yes, it, it, it huge for us. And also just the cost because testing people is uh, $200 a test plus bringing the people in. Yep. So we're testing, you know, 50 to 60 people twice a week. So for a low budget film, that's, it's quite a huge cost for us. We definitely had to raise more money because of COVID. But what's interesting, because we filmed a few things now during the pandemic, uh, we do another series called Conversations with My Two-Year-Old, uh, much smaller in scope, but we still filmed that in November. Um, it finds like a lot of things are almost more efficient because what has to happen mm. is people have to uh, come in in sort of pods. So your lighting comes in and sets it up, you know, your, 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 um, your wardrobe comes in and has everyone dressed. They come in and set them, then they move out. So th there's kind of like this, change of pace that almost uh, speeds it up a bit because you know in in regular <laughs> back in the normal days of pre-pandemic we'd have you know four or five departments just flood in set everything up and then try to adjust and sometimes that chaos really slowed things down so it's it, it's interesting how it is I, i'm a I'm very curious about kind of the, the international talent. Like you have to entice these people to come into Canada, make that commitment to the mandatory quarantining. Uh, you know, we even have kind of those uh, official federal government hotels that some folks are going to have to go into for three days. Is there, and do you envision like maybe kind of more opportunities for domestic talents to kind of emerge, just knowing that it might be a little bit more, uh, more hoops to jump through to get that usual you know, may, maybe American talent to come in here? Um, I think so. And I think that's already started to happen because, you know, funny enough, the film business is uh, busier now than it's ever been, which is very sure. bizarre. Um, but it's also just because Vancouver is, feels safer than a lot of other places in the world uh, in the way that we've yeah. dealt with this pandemic. And uh, it's, I think it's already increased the opportunities for domestic talent, which is wonderful because a lot of productions, um, I mean, the TV shows, uh, the, the, the Hallmark movies of the week, it's easier for them to hire local talent and not have to quarantine for two weeks. And the hotel thing, as we all know, is brand new. If we had had that 
limitation that would of course added to our budget uh, extremely. And then at the same time may have deterred people from wanting to come up. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I'm wondering about is you kind of touched on it though, but like how Vancouver is as a jurisdiction to come and work in versus some of the other traditional, you know, competitors out there, say, you know, Los Angeles, Atlanta, uh, even Toronto, like how is Vancouver stacking up right now as a place to get that talent to come and work here, knowing that it is as busy as it is? Um, I think we're at the top of our game at the moment. I mean, just in in sort of the, the pecking order of things. Um, you know, Los Angeles is pretty much shut down. Uh, I mean, there's still stuff going, but it's very limited. Uh, Atlanta, my, is my understanding, is pretty shut down. And, and also just the insurance issues that they have in the States versus what we have up here. Uh, I know there's, I think they've regulated in the States for the longest time. They couldn't even insure cast at all. So um, that caused a huge ripple. Uh, Toronto, just because I think the numbers are higher than they are here, I think has definitely been hit. So people are trying to come here as much as they can. And they're trying to do stuff that's a little bit more long-term. So if it's a series, it can be worth someone coming up and going through the you know, the, the three days in a hotel and the 11 to 12 days in quarantine if they're going to be up here for an extended period of time. Where I think it's going to really help, uh, and I'm not sure if I'm answering your question properly, but where I think it's really going to help domestic talent in Vancouver is that um, the smaller uh, roles that are still great, the guest star roles, the roles that only play for a week or two, they're not going to be able to bring people up as much because no one's going to want to do that. So, um, I think it'll increase our talent pool being able to get work. And it's also just because it's safer. I think everyone's going to start showing up here for quite a while. Now, as a producer, though, uh, one of the considerations you have to make, especially as you mentioned the fact that, you know, the city's never been busier in terms of the film industry right now, though, is getting the crew that you need. Like everybody's in high demand. And how tough is that right now to make sure that you're, you know, lining up all the behind the scenes people that you need for a, a production? Uh, we were very fortunate because of the, the quality of our project uh, and the people that we'd already attached in advance. So, you know, the script is fantastic. I don't think it's a script that usually gets made here in Vancouver um, because it's not Canadian content. So funding it is a lot more difficult because of its budget level uh, without being able to get any assistance from uh, Telefilm or also the tax credits are very low on this side because we're operating as if it's a production service tax credit instead of the Canadian incentives. So a movie like this doesn't usually show up here. Um, but with us having uh, Pavel Edelman as our director of photography who did The Pianist and all of Roman Polanski's movies, uh, our director being an Oscar winner uh, for uh, a short he made called The New Tenant, John Hamm, who everyone knows why John Hamm's great. <laughs> And, you know, Danny Pudi. And then also we attach an exec producer, uh, Ted Melfi, who's the writer director of Hidden Figures and St. Vincent. So we, because of that kind of pedigree that we had on it, it was very easy for us to get crew. Easy is relative. It was still difficult. But we, we managed to uh, secure some of the best crew in Vancouver because they were looking at this as an opportunity that's different than what they usually get to work on. Working under someone like uh, Powell Edelman, as our cinematographer. So we managed to get a lot of, you know, we got an amazing set designer, amazing production designer, art director. We were fortunate. I think uh, it's harder when, you know, the, the shows that are trying to find work are shows that have been here for a while, or it's a series 
that uh, people have worked on a lot. It, it, I think it's more difficult for them. For us, we were lucky, so to speak. But if we take kind of a, a forward look on things, um, mass vaccinations, they are coming. Uh, we can look forward to loosened restrictions. How do you kind of envision the future, maybe in the next, let's say, six to 12 months going for BC's uh, film and t TV sector? I think we'll get even busier because I think that it still is going to feel like the safer situation, the safer location, and especially as they start to allow people to come in a lot faster and not have to have the same restrictions. I think it only gets busier. The only thing that will slow us down is what we were just talking about, lack of crew. So one of the other things that we're seeing is, you know, say schools really trying to drive that junior level talent. But I've also heard from other people in the industry that there might be efforts made to reach out to other industries saying like you have talents that are applicable to what we're doing in film and TV. Is that sort of strategy? Is that going to be necessary to ensure that you're able to keep up with just this surge in demand for all those crews? I think so. I think there's going to be a lot of that. I mean, we pulled in some people that, um, don't generally work in the film industry and we've put them in some good positions here just because we've known them over the years and know that they're qualified to kind of take over that. So I think there will be a shift and there'll also be a lot of new people that come in because it will be, I'm not as familiar with what other industries are, you know, doing well and not doing well at the moment. But I think a lot of those industries that are hurting, if those skills can cross over, it makes sense. So Corner Office, it's filming uh, throughout March. Uh, if you had your druthers, when do you think uh, people would be able to get to see it on kind of uh, at scale, I should say? Uh, August, September would be good. Oh, wow. That's pretty quick Maybe. turnaround. Well, on our budget level, we got to move quick. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, probably, I mean, more realistically, probably towards the end of the year, October, November. Okay. Nothing goes as fast as a producer wants it to. Well, I'm intrigued by this. Uh, you, you've sold me on it. Uh, you got a lot of great talent. It's cool that people are still coming using Vancouver as like the resource that it has been for a long time. And I think everybody's just a little bit uncertain about what the future would hold for those first couple months, you know, about a year ago. Um, and then, as I said, you know, the industry's just been like rocking ever since the summer, which is just amazing to see and, and know that it is possible that we can have something like this go on safely. No, it's, uh, and, and, and I'm optimistic because at a certain point, it didn't feel like it would be able to come back this strong. And it was surprising to a lot of us. So it's, uh, it's a good sign of how hard we work up here and how we take things seriously to, you know, keep people safe. Well, excellent. Uh, Dylan, thanks for joining us on the show today. Of course. Appreciate it. That's Dylan Collingwood. He is CEO of Tilt9 Entertainment, and that is it for the show today. But you can go to BIV.com, more stories, more interviews there. For now, I'm Tyler Orton, and thank you all for listening. Thank you.